Welcome to this week's installment of the show where we decide, does it hold up? Is it still funny? Is it worth watching? And this week, we're jumping in to a, uh, I think, universally acclaimed classic, well-regarded movie. But it's going to be interesting to have the conversation of does it hold up, and that is Trading Places. Chris, I know this is one of your favorite movies from that era. Absolutely. So there are some movies that everybody has that if it's on TV, you watch it. This is one of those for me. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times Anne has been like, you're watching this movie again? Because <laughs> I love this movie. It is, it is it's hilarious. It is a hilarious movie. Yeah. Yeah. So general premise, if you haven't seen it, Eddie Murphy's character, poor, Dan Aykroyd, rich, swap. And this is a very simple comedic premise that has been repeated in different formats. Um, not so much the poor to, to rich thing. I want to get to that in a sec, but you see this with arrested development. If I wanted something your thumb touched, I'd eat the inside of your ear. Shit's Creek, which was really popular in the last couple of years. Oh, I'd kill for a good coma right now. And Dan Aykroyd's character, they set up perfectly. They kind of make him an asshole. You are making a career decision here. Now you'd better think about it. Strip you little shit before I tell you a new asshole. He's not likable. It's really easy to be unsympathetic to the rich person going to to become poor and to become like they have nothing. I mean, I think this is really like a commentary on like the hoi polloi like lifestyle. Pork bellies. I knew it. I knew it. You see it with Dan Aykroyd's character, and then you also kind of see it with Eddie Murphy too, because um, like he comes into this money. Right? And what's the first thing he decides to do? He's gonna have a party. Because he wants to show off to the guys in jail. Look, I got money. Look, I, I, I wasn't lying to you, I'm rich. Then something clicks in his head uh, during that party where he's like, hey, you know what, actually, maybe I shouldn't be just dropping money like crazy. Yeah, he kind of doesn't you know? like that his place is being trash and everything. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting note about the movie before we really dive into like what held up and what didn't hold up is that this was actually written as a Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder vehicle. Ah! Harry, ah! Harry, for God's sake, ah! you're gonna get us in trouble. But Richard Pryor wasn't able to do the movie, so it was gonna be Gene Wilder and Eddie Murphy. And then Eddie Murphy kind of convinced him he wanted Dan Aykroyd instead, and so then Pryor and Wilder were both off of the movie. Um, they have some real quality movies from the 70s but now when you get into the 80s you kind of see a little bit of a different dynamic there and eddie murphy was really taking that richard Pryor role and he really ran with it and this was really like his first movie this is his first movie where he exploded and this set the table for so many other things coming forward the premise is that these two guys randolph and mortimer are trying to uh show that it's nurture over nature Given the right surroundings and encouragement, I'll bet that that man could run our company as well as your young Winthorpe. They're having this argument over one dollar, one crisp dollar, and that's where Eddie Murphy's character comes in, and same thing with Dan Aykroyd. I think, for the most part, there are some jokes that, that are in there that are very much not appropriate. Of course there's something wrong with him. He's a neat You remember me? It's Lionel Joseph. Um, that will not hold up uh, and that a lot of people won't get. But I think there's a lot there that folks are just going to dive into and be like, I get it. Yeah. I understand. I, there's, I think with any, you can pull any comedy from the 80s and you're going to find 
one-off jokes that aren't going to hold up or just are dated. But the premise to the movie, I think, will live on. This is one of those things that will just live on forever. It's just such a simple concept to understand. The one part that I don't know if, if this was being made today or if it even holds up as well is Eddie Murphy. So it's really easy to make fun of, of Dan Aykroyd and the wealthy person um, struggling and to make fun of that hoity-toity high society. And they do a great job um, satirizing that. But Eddie Murphy's character becoming wealthy, there is some kind of, it's not offensive, but the the racial dynamic, I think if this was made in 2020, could be would be different. So like what, assuming, what, are you talking about like at the very beginning where he's, uh, acting as the homeless vet and yeah, he's on the, all of that. On yeah, the little like yeah. the thing and then the cops come up to him and they lift him up and his legs come out from underneath. Yeah, him, I like, mean that that scene right there and then it's the idea of, of him being a homeless black man who then is part of like basically this this almost like an elaborate joke of the yeah. hoity-toity guys to, to become wealthy and he's like an animal to them basically in the beginning. Um, I don't know if they would just recast it or if they would do it differently, but I think that part if you're watching this for the first time i wonder how many people would be like eh, like a little cringy about that thank you i don't know what to do well i mean if you believe in the illuminati and the new world order and, then and probably yeah. i mean you're probably on board i mean you know i got i got recruited to be in the illuminati and uh so i mean i get it i understand what that's all about and so the fact that you're saying like that there's these people playing with the lives of like the rich and the poor and just kind of doing like that's exactly what's going on here. It's a new world order. It's like I'm gonna, uh, I'm I'm gonna like put Joe Biden as the president, or I'm gonna put Trump as the president, and now I'm gonna like do it with the little puppet strings, and that's that's all that like that is, is really, really about. How, yeah, what's going on? It, and it's it's that whole thing is comical and and really easy to get away with. So so a couple of things that are a problem throughout this movie is um, that uh, number one, you've got the whole thing going on with Eddie Murphy. And is that, um, you know, like, is that character problematic, right? Then you also have the whole thing that goes on with Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie Lee Curtis's mm-hmm. character, right? They, they have her be this uh, prostitute. Food and rent are not the only things around here that cost money. You sleep on the couch. And if you actually think about the movie and the course of the movie and you ask yourself, does she need to be a prostitute in this? The answer is no. Like, she doesn't have to be a prostitute for the the jokes to be there. Um, like, one of the things is, is this is an 80s movie. And any 80s movie with Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I'm pretty sure it's written in the Constitution that says that Jamie Lee Curtis has to be topless. Um, and sure enough, there she is in this movie, topless. Um, but, like, the whole prostitute thing, like, prostitute with, like, a heart of gold... Um, you know, that, that, that her walls get torn down, um, when she's helping out Dan Aykroyd's character, like uh, that's not necessary. Like we don't have to be doing something like that. No, that's Um, true. And then like one thing that definitely would not be in this movie if they remade it today is, um, in the end when they're on the train. And so they're trying to play the prank, um, on the guy that's bringing the crop report and, Dan Aykroyd's character walks in in blackface. I certainly hope there's enough space on the train for me. There is 0% chance that that happens today. I mean, like, 
everybody's playing a character in there where like the the butler's playing this Irish priest and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing she's supposed to be Aust uh, Austrian or and like is playing Swedish because she doesn't know the Austrian accent and so she says it in the Swedish accent which is really weird because um, apparently uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just can't do an Austrian accent like that's a real thing like she couldn't do it so she played it Swedish and let me see now you would be from uh, Austria am I right no I am Inga from Sweden Sweden but you're wearing lederhosen yeah, for sure, from Sweden. Um, and uh, then there's Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, both playing exchange students. <laughs> and uh, Dan Aykroyd in blackface. And there's no chance that that happens today. No. Um, and it's it's not even something that's like really central to the story arc. So like. You remove that, and yeah. he's playing any other character, and it's fine. And it gets that paid. was just acceptable comedically then, to a degree. Like it was, it was so absurd that you could get away with it. But again, like if you're doing this movie now, do you even have the racial black white thing? Um, but I think the, the central premise of the movie we see now, with like I said at the outset, the success of um, shows like Arrested Development or Shit's Creek. It's I don't know if they're, if this movie directly influenced. A, a plot like that but you can just this is a, a, a plot line that will live on forever it's like the ancillary stuff to it and a lot of the jokes and a lot of the minor things like you could have made jamie lee curtis not a prostitute you could have made eddie murphy's character less stupid and and maybe you don't even make him homeless in the beginning like you could have had the guy not get raped by a gorilla it, yeah, uh, easily yes <laughs> um there were just like little things you probably could have done differently if you were remaking it now or in the future and the big picture storyline, the big picture comedy is still there. It's still it's still hilarious. Yeah. If you get over that. And stuff. it's educational. Because uh, this movie taught me everything I know about the stock stock market. Um, that probably explains why I've lost thousands of dollars <laughs> in the stock market. So so but um, now I know about uh, commodities like frozen concentrated orange juice uh, and uh, that are traded uh, not only in Chicago, but also in New York. Um, and uh, which brings me to another point, which is this movie set in Philadelphia, but it doesn't have to be set in Philadelphia. It can be set anywhere. Really. There's no point York, necessarily Chicago. of like why it was set in Philadelphia. No. It wasn't set in Chicago because they couldn't get the rights to actually film in the pits here. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so they filmed it in the pits in New York. Uh, and I know a lot of people that obviously take the train from Philadelphia, that they live in Philadelphia and commute to, to New York City. And they and that makes sense. But, like, there's nothing about this movie that, like, was Philly. Mm -hmm. It didn't have to be Philly. It could have been that's interesting. anything. You could have filled in the blank. All these movies are set in New York and have no reason to ever be really set in New York other than it's New York and this aura of New York and, like, this romanticism of New York. If you've been to New York, I mean, it's like the romanticism. They, they is throw not their there. garbage on the There's street. There's garbage in the street. There's rats everywhere. It's their disgusting. pizza is floppy. Yes, friends, the new Turbo Ginsu. It dices. When you're when you're drunk at 3 a.m. and you want to get some pizza, fine, get some New York pizza, and that'll soak that'll, up that'll all soak up the alcohol. alcohol. It, concrete jungle where dreams of made of my ass. Filthy. 
disgusting. The put the New York that they put in movies is sometimes ridiculous, but every single romantic comedy has to be set in New York for no reason. And there's nothing specific New York to the plot more often than not. But they just make it set in New York with unrealistic apartments, unrealistic expectations. But setting a movie outside of New York for no reason is kind of weird because, yeah. like, if you see a movie set in Philadelphia, like rocky like there's a lot of philadelphia central things if you see a movie set in chicago ferris bueller's day off um there's a lot of chicago centric things there's nothing that made that movie have to be set in philadelphia yeah i mean you would think that if they're doing it based on the trading pit in new york that they would face it in new york or like a suburb of new york or something like that where it's there it's physically right there um but then again i guess if they don't do that then there's not the train scene where Fucking sure. Jim Belushi shows up. Look what happened to me, huh? Fuck that guy. Fuck off. Yeah. But like, he shows up because he always just shows up someplace. Like, if there's a camera, he's showing up. Lesser Belushi, yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess you don't get the getting raped by a gorilla joke. Uh, that black one must be the female. I mean, maybe it's all building up to the train scene. And that's like the whole... That's possible, yeah. I purpose mean, of the setting, but... Um, but I do want to say, uh, go back to that jail scene, uh, because here's Eddie Murphy. He's in jail after he's being arrested for panhandling. Um, uh, you probably don't get the same scene going on today with everything that's been going on, um, with the protests and, uh, police brutality. So you probably don't get the same type of, um, atmosphere where he's, running from the police and the police are chasing him in that whole first scene. Yeah. Um, and then he gets arrested and put in jail. Uh, but the whole jail scene where he's, he's with these other guys who are in jail for what reason we don't know. And he's talking about, I'm rich. I got a limo. I got all this stuff. And, uh, there's the famous line. It ain't cool being no jive turkey. So close to Thanksgiving, which um, I often say. You know, there are a lot of one-liners here um, that is pretty typical of an Eddie Murphy movie. That kind of sets the premise to Eddie Murphy showing off, as as I said earlier, where he's showing off his money now, and now he's now he's rich. And so he says, "Go outside, go see my limo, check it out, and I'm gonna have you come over." And then all of a sudden, they're putting out cigarettes on this fancy rug that now is his and he's being like stop you know get out you're not my friends you thought you were my friends but you're not my friends uh that's the real like shift in yeah in, him, yeah. in, in the whole movie too and then like you see the shift also with dan Aykroyd's character where he goes completely off the deep end um and dresses as santa claus and puts a whole side of smoked salmon into his beard which then when he's on the bus is eating the side of smoked salmon out of his beard which is a, a great idea if i could grow my beard long enough to hold a side of smoked oh, salmon uh i would not do that um, that's not a great idea but uh that brings us to a very valid point this is a christmas movie this is a movie that if it's on i watch it and i think it's a very well put together funny comedy it has problems, to be sure. But even if you kind of put those problems aside and, like, take them out, you still have this movie that is a great movie. Yeah. Um, it has all the makings of what is a great movie. And that's, I, I, most people don't like remakes of movies that they like. And I'm guessing since you really like this movie, you wouldn't necessarily want to see it remade. Oh, hell no. I, yeah. I, I don't want this touched. Like, there are some things that 
you know, you see a lot of these things, like I'm seeing particularly a lot of things from my childhood being remade uh, or rebooted. And I hate it because it takes something that was like so important to me and reboots it. And, and like when they inevitably do a bad job and they always do a bad job, it makes me angry. Yeah. And so I would not want this but, touched at all. And I'm not saying I want it touched either. I think it, maybe they could get away with it like 50 years from now. But I think it's a movie that you realistically could easily try to redo again. It might it wouldn't be as good as the original. People who saw the original wouldn't like it as much. But the premise is so easy to just recreate. Yeah. And you can change things about it. So when we talk about a lot of the movies we talk about on the show, there are problematic, I hate even using that word, but things in the movie or a comedy that's outdated or cultural references that bring the movie, hold the movie back. And I think this movie is so timeless in its plot that you can just tweak around the edges and you could remake it tomorrow. People wouldn't like it because they like the original. Yeah. Um, but it would, the comedy would still be there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we've answered our own question of does this hold up? And yes, it I does. I think 100% it does. Absolutely. Absolutely.